It's tried and true, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And for the first time in almost two months now, we're a postgame show again. If you're joining us live, we're coming at you right after week two of the EMLS tournament special that's been airing on FS1. And uh, we're pleased to be joined tonight by Paul Ariola. Uh, Paul, first of all, welcome back to the show. You are our first returning guest. It's great to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to be back, and uh, yeah, like you said, a little post-game uh, podcast. Uh, never heard anybody. I'm sure it's doing a lot of people some good right now. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely for sure. Uh, and for those of the folks who, who out there who didn't uh, catch the tournament already, uh, this was week two of the EMLS tournament special uh, for DC United. It was Paul Ariola and King CJ. Uh, DC United won uh, the, the first series tonight 2-1 uh, over two legs versus the New England Revolution, uh, but unfortunately were eliminated in the quarterfinals uh, against Sporting Kansas City. But two great games. And it, Paul, can you talk us through a little bit about how you got involved in this tournament and what the training process was like? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, you know, to be honest, they, you know, they had, they, uh, someone from the club had just reached out to me uh, and asked me if I would be interested. And at first, of course, I thought, well, you know, I'm sure there's some other guys uh, on the team that, that can compete better uh, than I could, but, uh, you know, I, I don't try and uh, shy away from a challenge. So uh, when they let me know that, you know, I was going to be on it, um, kind of walked me through it and, and, and you know, set everything up. Um, I had about two weeks, really, to, to really train. And um, I used to play FIFA all the time growing up, um, you know, going way back, like six, seven years Um and so, you know, I felt okay about it. Recently, I haven't really played too much. Um, so I definitely had to train uh, more than, more than I, I typically would. Um, and, yeah, man, the nerves were, the nerves were there. Um, but, uh, you know, it ended up being a, a, a pretty fun event. And, um, you know, obviously happy that I was able to at least win the first game. Uh, and then, unfortunately, uh, Juan from uh, Sporting Kansas City was just uh, – he, he was too dominant for me. Yeah, well, um, you know, we loved seeing you back out there representing DC United in the best way you can during these uh, pandemic times. And it looks like um, you were listening to Muhammad's advice a lot. Did you get to practice with him at all or talk to him beforehand? I saw you all had your uh, coordinated intro at the very beginning. So I think there was probably some communication, but you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we uh, yeah we we played a couple games right before um, kind of setting everything up on you know the same day. So um, you know it was it was a uh, like I said it was a fun experience and obviously you know this is this is what he does and what he loves and uh, you know it was it was definitely uh, putting putting a lot of us into a different uh, uncomfortable position. Right, it's not really uh, on you know literally on the field, but uh, you know playing playing in a video game. Uh, with, with a meaning so uh, you know there was definitely a different type of purpose a different type of feeling um, but there you know it was it was it was a good time and, and you know listening to him the only time I didn't listen to him was on the penalty kick uh, in the first game against New England he told me to stay in the middle and I decided to go uh, to the left a little bit but beside that uh, yeah he, he was great he was a, he was a good time uh, helped me out you know and uh, you know unfortunate that we didn't get past uh, the quarterfinals. Yeah, it ended up being a, a good decision on your part to, uh, to to make a move on that PK. Uh, can you talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, you know, it was just one of those things like, you know, I don't know if any of you guys play FIFA, but it's just, you know, I guess in any kind of like sport game or, you know, like even in real life, like you just kind of get a feeling 
of like, you know, which way they're going to go. And obviously you have two choices, either you're right or you're wrong. So, you know, you kind of, you kind of, you know, take your chances there and, and go with your gut. And, um, you know, when I've been practicing, I haven't been bad at, at saving penalty kicks. There's no real like reasoning why, you know, other than trying to like just think about it right before the, the situation happens. And uh, during the game, you guys weren't able to hear it, um, you know, on the TV, but Diego was talking about how he didn't know how to kick them and all these things. So, you know, obviously CJ was like, well, stay in the middle because he's not going to know, you know, how to place it into a corner. Um, and, and so instead of like listening to that, I just kind of listened to, you know, what I thought would happen. Uh, ended up being the right thing. And, uh, you know, it helped me out in the long run. Yeah, Paul, it sounds like you, you had to pick up the game in a relatively short time and get ready to play. We've talked to a couple of your teammates, but specifically Griffin Yao, and he was pretty proud of his, <laughs> his FIFA prowess. Have you played against either of those guys? Can you say that you're better than them now that you've played with some, some pros? Oh, for sure. I could say, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, come on, you know, some, some of these younger kids, man, they try and flex on you. They try to be, uh, you know, thinking that, that they're the best thing around. Uh, I played Griffin in, in preseason. Um, and I know if you were to ask him, he would say that I would, I beat him most of the time beside the very first time that we played and I, I remember that because we, I think we only ended up playing like three to four games uh, during preseason. But, uh, you know, all these kids are, are big talker, talkers. I would say the, the one person that gave me the most problems that I never beat was uh, Kevin Paredes. He, he oh, was yeah. the real deal, but he was the real deal. But I got a message um, from him today saying that he was proud of me after the first game. So, uh, you know, it made me feel a little better about myself. Well, that's, that's high praise indeed, and it sounds like it's a great way for you to connect with your teammates. How did you decide how you were going to roll your lineup out there? It looked like you made a couple of switches in the middle and kept yourself out wide. Any uh, insight into how you made those decisions? Yeah, from, you know, from the beginning, um, you know, I was playing when I was training and, and you know, practicing with, with the squad. I was playing a lot with Yamil um, out wide. I tried Gressel. Um, you know, uh, inside, right back. I tried to move Russell, you know, flip those two a little around. I, you know, I tried messing around with Flores and Ewain and kind of the, obviously a lot of it determines on the, you know, the, the attributes that, that each player is given in FIFA. Um, you know, obviously Ewain was, I think, a 74 in comparison to um, uh, Flores, who was at a 70. Um, and um, yeah, and, and, you know, I was playing Yamil a lot, like I said, on the left. Um, until like the game before I actually had to play um, in the match. Um, CJ told me that I should put Ima Boateng because he's fast uh, in the game and I'm fast. And so, um, you know, for me when, you know, I, I thought my quality um, was really in, in, in the defensive third and being able to like not, not really be faked out and not really dive in and all and everyone's juke loose. Um, and so I was able to really stand my ground, ground. And then once I get it, I'm very direct. Um, which is, you know, funny that, um, you know, pretty much like that in real life as well. Um, and, and so, yeah, so I, I had two guys on the wing. Uh, I had Ola up top. And, uh, yeah, I just tried to play real direct and obviously get some crosses in. And uh, the first game, you know, I, I had a few chances, um, some of them that, that I like to have back, and especially with myself, maybe putting the last one away. But in the end, it didn't hurt me. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, there was a lot of, there was a lot of uh, game planning going into it and, and, you know, trying to make sure that uh, I did the best for the club. 
We're live with Paul Ariola here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And if you've got questions for Paul, send them in using the hashtag Tried and True DCU or jump on the YouTube live stream and hit us there. Paul, you know, it, it, it's fascinating to hear a lot of the tactics that went into this. It, how do you think the lineup that you played would actually play out in, in real life, right? Like, would would that work against certain teams or is it just too much up front and, and it, they would get run over I think I think I think it would be a I think it would be a decent uh, a decent team. Look, I think we have a bunch of uh, you know talent and 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 uh, you know great players uh, players with experience players uh, with a lot of hunger with a lot of energy. Um, you know I feel like you know I think you know it could be very similar in the sense of you know they could we could score a lot of goals right like you talked about it like a lot of offensive power um, and, and obviously you know. I, I'm a big fan of, of, of explosiveness and, and the ability to get it behind. I think it's such a key part of the game uh, for a lot of teams because without that, the, you know, you never really worry the defense of another team uh, if, you never, if you never have the whiff and, and, and are willing to run in behind. Um, and I think, you know, with, with Ema and myself, um, you know, two players who are willing to do that explosive. Um, and then in the middle, you know, I, you know of course, uh, you know, at, at, before the COVID-19 came around, we, uh, you know, Russell was playing right back um, and, and he's been tremendous there. Um, but, you know, I think he's still a, a, a tremendous, um, you know, core piece of, of the midfield. I think he's a great player. Um, and, and, you know, when, when you have him in, in the midfield, you know, he's, he's a guy that can consistently, sorry, consistently win balls, um, you know, no matter, no matter what part of the field. Uh, so I think, you know, with that lineup, I think we'd be okay. I think we'd, we'd score a lot of goals. Um, and I think our defense has been solid for the past couple of years. Um, and, and, you know, we've grown a lot collectively as a team uh, defensively. So I think, I think we, would, uh, we would have a pretty good, strong squad there. Yeah, I, I agree, Paul. Kind of continuing the shift back to real life. Uh, we, we saw some workout videos on Instagram. How's the recovery going? We talked to you. At the beginning of the season, and, and you seemed high in spirits. And, and judging off the video, you seem to do pretty pretty well. How's it going? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, it, you know, it's it's obviously been a, a a bit of a challenge, but um, you know, if I'm being honest with you guys, time has flown so far. Um, you know, I'm a little over two months now, um, and and you know, it, it's been you know every day working out. Um, you know, once I was able to, to get motion as, as I'm riding a bike, I've been doing a lot more cardio, staying fit. Um, you know, some of the, some of the people from the club have, have dropped off some, um, weights for me here at my house. So I've got a little gym going, going on downstairs. Um, and, and obviously I go to therapy every five days a week, Monday through Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday is one of them is my off day. And the other one is, is a, is a day to continue to, to work on a, on a little lighter scale. Um, so it's been great, you know, like I said, it's, you know, there, there, of course there's the days that it, it's, they're hard and they're frustrating and, and, you know, you, you want to bang your head against the wall, but, uh, you know, most of the time it's, it's been, it's been a, a smooth, smooth ride so far. Um, you know, a lot of hard work and obviously with everything going on around the world, um, and in the United States when, when there's no sports or, or, you know, soccer, obviously, um, you know, it, as obviously we we planned that i would miss so um you know there there's a there's a positive to to all the sides and obviously um you know for for me it's it's you know not missing as many games and being able to 
to get back sooner and, and not have people kind of see me go through, um, you know, the, the, the difficult part of, you know, in the beginning, it's barely, barely being able to walk with a crutch and then it's, you know, getting off the crutches and then it's, you know, walking a little faster and then it's lifting and all these different things. And, and for me, when I get back, you know, everyone at the club is going to see me as normal, right? More than likely, I'll be able to jog, I'll be able to do little movements. Um, and so it'll be kind of like I never missed uh, miss the beat uh, in a sense. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about how it's been going for me so far. Uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting better like, like I have been every day. Well, that's great, Paul. You know, we appreciate all the hard work you're putting in. All DC United fans are really excited to see you back out on the field. Um, and we're just rooting for you and um, excited for everyone to get back on the field, frankly. But, you know, these are some crazy times. And, you know, personally, how are you doing? How are you holding up throughout this pandemic? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, obviously it's everyone, everyone has a, you know, different, a, a, a different perspective and, and, Obviously, we shouldn't be going out of our house unless it's essential because, uh, you know, we want to limit the uh, contacts between person to person. Uh, for me, I think what's kind of helped me keep going is, is honestly that I have therapy every day. Uh, you know, that's kind of the way that I have to get out of the house. I have to go um, and, and interact with other people. Obviously, um, if you guys saw my videos, you know, we have masks on and we have to stay, uh, you know, far apart from each other. But uh, you know, it, it's been okay. And, and, you know, I've learned um, how to read a cookbook uh, and some recipes. So that's kind of helped me um, and, and reading a couple books. So, uh, you know, time, time, time has been great. Obviously, I get to spend time, spend more time uh, at, at home than usual. Uh, and luckily, my girlfriend doesn't want to kill me yet. So that's great uh, news. I think we're moving in the right direction from that aspect. But, uh, you know, it, it's been a, it's been a, a good, uh, tough first two months of, of rehab, but uh, obviously, you know, you, you got to go through uh, every single process and, and, and be willing, you know, to understand the ups and the downs that, that come with it. So, uh, you know, like I said, uh, you know, it's been great. I've been able to, to you know, mentally stay strong and, and really focus on, on what's important um, when it comes to my rehab and my knee. Sure. And you know, speaking of important things, we've got a fan question here from Abby Shriver. She wants to know how the puck is doing. Has uh, your your dog had too many walks? Uh, just enough, or tired of having you around the house? Uh, how's the dog doing? Yeah, they're doing well. They're doing well. They're. I'm not quite sure if they're uh, happy or mad that I'm constantly home now. Um, but they're they're you know they're they're being they're being treated you know great and. Uh, you know, it's nice to actually see them in, you know, constantly every single day and be able to kind of see their routines uh, because, you know, in the past, it's only been uh, my girlfriend who has really, you know, stayed with them uh, every single day and been, you know, she knows all their routines and all that stuff. So for me, it's nice to be able to, um, you know, bond with them a little more, um, gain some of the love that they have for my girlfriend and, and put it back on myself. So, uh, you know, they're good. And, and, you know, we try and take them on uh, a couple walks a day or sorry, a couple of walks a, a week, um, just because the the two pugs are, uh, you know, they, they can get fat fat and overweight if they don't exercise a lot. So, uh, you know, they like to be couch potatoes, but we try and get them out. I kind of feel like I like to be a couch potato too, especially nowadays. <laughs> our, uh, our, our last question for you here, Paul, and this has become a little bit of a competition on the show uh, amongst your teammates, but if we put 30 seconds on the clock, 
can you give us a pitch as to why we should put your name on the back of our 2020 DC United jersey? Yeah, for sure. Am I ready? Is the clock going or or do I not need a clock? We'll start it right now. Listen, I think, you know, when it when it comes to finding your your the player that you want to represent all the time, it's someone that obviously feels for the club that you can relate to. Um, and, and for me as a player, uh, I think more than more than talent, it's it's hard work, it's dedication, it's sacrifice um, that a lot of us feel that that we give in our normal lives every day. Um, and you, we understand that we're not perfect, and you know we're not going to give. Um, you know we're we're just not born with with what we have. So um, you know when when you think of Paul Ariola, you think of a guy that that works hard, that gives his all, and that brings everything that he has uh, every single game. And and you know for me, that's that's the type of people that I want to represent as well. Well, we love to hear it, Paul, and, and and we're so thankful to to have you on the show again. We're we're thrilled that uh, you know your 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 spirits are good. You're you're doing healthy, and and of course, we hope that you're uh, with the black and red for life because uh, you definitely got the passion, and, uh, and we love having you on. So, thanks so much for joining us, and it was a lot of fun uh, watching you play on the FIFA side of things tonight. So, congrats on the on the big win over the the local rivals uh, <laughs> tonight, and hopefully, you had a good time in the competition. Awesome, thanks, guys. I appreciate the time as always. That's DC United's Paul Ariola joining us here on Tried and True. We will be right back to talk a bit more about the EMLS tournament uh, here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. This is the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Find Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Cast the morning after the match. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU or email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com. Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. And we're back here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And boy, it was fun 
to talk to Paul Ariola again. And uh, it honestly, it felt so good to watch soccer again. It didn't even matter that it was it was FIFA. It, I had such a blast watching the games again. I don't know about you guys. Oh, absolutely. I watched last week. I watched this week. And, you know, the four of us got on Zoom to watch together. And there were times when I'd look down and we all, like, had our hands over our heads and we're, like, freaking out. Like, I definitely felt the stress of watching an actual soccer game. The nerves um, were definitely bad. Me, but, yeah, I miss it so much. So it's so great that they're putting these on so you can at least get into it a little bit um, and kind of root for and against different MLS teams in this tournament. Well, and to hear a player like Paul Ariola, somebody who's obviously excelled on the field, talk about how seriously he was taking this tournament as a chance to represent the black and red and, you know, putting in practice, trying to get back up to speed, ready to go. That's always encouraging. And, you know, he's always a great player to talk to. Love to have him on the show. Yeah, I loved it. It was very typical Paul Ariola to, like, put that hard work in and to get himself, um, you know, up to where he needed to be. I loved seeing it or hearing it. And you could see on the TV screen that he looked a little nervous and he was getting really into it. So he definitely brought that pride into it. I, I thought he showed excellent tonight. Uh, I don't know. Uh, man, Mo might have his, his seat might be a little bit warmer after that. Do you think I might ask Paul to be on the right wing and the EMLS player? <laughs> well, it, it, it's funny. I loved hearing Paul talk a bit about, you know, he's he's thinks he's beat Griff more than he's lost to him. So that was funny to hear. And then, you know, just – I. Joshua, I think you had the idea a couple weeks ago. We got to get the the definitive DC United player power rankings in FIFA. Like, I I think this is something we need. Oh, definitely. I'd love to see that bracket go in just within DC United. Um, you know, get, just give us more FIFA to watch. Give us more, you know, teams to cheer on. But I think that'd be great. But I think we want to, you know, break down these games a little bit. They were definitely um, fun to watch, especially Paul dominating that very first game he played in. Yeah, so so starting just get to give our our listeners who didn't didn't have the chance to watch tonight, which you should totally go back and rewatch it on whatever streaming service will allow you to do that. Uh, but each each uh, matchup was a, a two legged fixture where the MLS players faced off in the first leg, and then the EMLS players uh, played in the second leg. So it was Paul Ariola versus Diego Fagundes uh, in the first DC United match of the night. And uh, it, it was, like I said, it was, it was so much fun. DC United was attacking for the first, you know, 10 minutes or so. It was actually a moment where you saw the virtual Paul Areola in the game yelling at the referee, who I got to believe was Ted Uncle. I, I don't know for sure. I can't confirm. Um, but it, it, I think at that moment, that's when I was like, this feels so real. I'm, I'm into it again. And, and it, it was just, it was an awesome first half. It's literally your note after that that apparently I said out loud that I was nervous. We talked about it. I was like, did I say it? And you all were like, yeah, several times. So I was really getting into it. Um, but, yeah, it was great. And then, I mean, you got to talk about that PK save that Bill slash Paul made. That was amazing. Yeah, apparently the EMLS player was talking to Paul during the game and told him just to stay put because Fagundes indicated that he didn't know how to take PKs. And so it was going to go straight down the middle. But Paul just felt that it was going to the left. I actually called it here in our Zoom chat. And then Paul dives left and saved it. It was incredible. It got us on the edge of our seat. And then not not eight minutes later, you know, Paul crashes the net on the other end. It was end-to-end stuff. It was great. It was great. I, like, man, that's almost such a DC United goal. I think we all kind of all agreed that, especially in these first two games and that first leg, um, it was a very DC United play. And it was definitely one of those things where there was, like, a little thing in front of the net and I kind of threw my hands off and I was like, Oh, we missed. And I kind of turned away and then you all were like, it's in the net. 
that like and started cheering. So That's Russell Canals I mean, scoring the first uh, first MLS goal of the season and the first ELS goal of the season for the Black and Red. Yeah, you love it. <laughs> and it, it was you know right, right at halftime uh, that my girlfriend came upstairs and was like, "Dude, you got to shut the door. You're being way too loud." Which I, I assume meant that this was this was all this was real. You know, it was it was so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun, and then you just saw us kind of go up 2 nothing, um in the second half, and, you know, they ended up uh, pulling one back, but it was still great to see. Again, I mentioned Paul, you know, he looked so intense, and he looked like he was um, really in it, um, and they had mentioned on the broadcast that he had asked if he could um, mute the mics of the other players so he could just hear Muhammad talk to him and give him advice and everything like that. You heard in our interview with Paul that they had a couple practice games, but I mean, again, it's just very DC United. You love him bringing the passion and, you know, bringing and trying to give it his all, even though it's EMLS, you know, he still wants to be able to deliver from the fans, deliver for the fans. And I absolutely love it. And you heard Paul talk a little bit about it during our interview with him. You know, he he really was taking it seriously, and you know, saw some of it his own play translate into FIFA. You know, on the broadcast, he had a quote saying, "You know, he had one of those moments where you could just everything slows down, you can see it happening. So you do wonder how much of that just being a, a gamer, you know, has different context when it comes to video games versus playing real life. But you know, perhaps some of those skills translate over." Well, apparently they did for Diego yeah. Fagundes, who managed to score with himself in the 85th minute of that game. But it, it did end uh, 2-1 in the first game. Could have been 3-1. Uh, Paul missed a, a sitter at, at, at the death. Uh, it could have put him up 3-1. But big, big Paul result. Paul being Paul in, in the game as well. Yes, absolutely. It's, <laughs> it is a weird universe we live in where I have to clarify that. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I loved it. You know, Stu Holden is announcing as if he's announcing a real game because we're all watching it that way. And him saying, you know, Ariel Ash himself bringing it down the wing. So, you know, I just love everyone's taking it seriously. But you also just kind of have to sit back and laugh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Paul, I mean, he gave, I guess, King CJ is his handle. He, he gave him – you know, a pretty good lead in that second game. We didn't have to worry about a whole lot. Yeah, and then we got to see some classic Benny balls for, from the pro. He he put down the bunker and counterattack that uh that we used to see before Paul was on the team a lot. Um, we still kind of see it every now and then. But uh, yeah, he, he defended the full ninety minutes and ended the game zero zero. I mean, there's not much we can talk about that game. He he did what he had to do to to go on, and and that's what they did. Yeah, but you you gotta. Be impressed with a guy who comes in and says, "Hey, I'm, I got one goal in my, in my pocket. And I don't need to score any more goals." You know, it doesn't necessarily lead to the most exciting games to watch. But I don't think he even took a shot in that game. But if you got the lead, why do you need to? Yeah, he he did not take a single shot in that game. And, and in the interview afterwards, he said he just deployed some typ- typical Jose Mourinho tactics. <laughs> it was. Uh, I I will tell you though, it was very interesting to see, you know, in, in that second game with the EMLS players, it felt to me like there was just – there was more structure to the game from the get-go. Like, it was so end-to-end with, with Paul and Diego, and, and in the second game, it was it was, it was was intense. It was, yeah, and you could hear them kind of talk about how there was a little bit more – you know, in the game, there's a little bit more discipline. You were seeing them make a couple extra passes and – you know, as somebody, if somebody were to tell me that I needed to appear on FS1 in two weeks to play, um, you know, FIFA, I would definitely spend the next two weeks really training up for it. Um, 
and I would probably look even a lot worse than Paul did, but I think my play would be, you know, very similar and just trying to move it up the field so you could see where those, you know, EMLS players really put in their time and this is something that they're training for and doing all the time and you could see that they were a little bit more strategic and, you know, crossing the fields and taking those extra passes, like they said, and passing it back. Um, you could definitely see that difference. So, you know, we, we won those two games um, pretty candidly against New England, which is always great to see. And I think it's surprised to no one that we were able to beat New England. Well-deserved after um, last year's then, debacles against New England. <laughs> um, you know, and then we we moved on. We, I guess it's the quarterfinals. Yeah, some, small bracket we have going here. Not, not all uh, 24, he says confidently, 26 MLS teams. 26. Nobody is Ish. confident. Uh, do they all have E-players? I don't uh, even know that they all have E-players. I don't know. I Actually, I think uh, a couple of the future expansion teams have uh, E-players e as well, but I think it's a 16-team bracket. So, yeah, moving on to the, the round of eight or the quarterfinals uh, did, did DC United. And uh, there's not a ton to talk about here. Uh, it was an interesting first half of the first game, uh, but 23rd minute, uh, Juan Cousin, who's – I guess in the second half, Stu Holden noted that he believed he's the best MLS player in the competition from the get-go, and he might not be wrong. He played a great game, um, scored a goal uh, in the 23rd minute with Saloy, and from there he just, just never looked back. It could have been 2-3-4-0 in the first half. Um, it, it, it was it was interesting. I, I kind of disagree. You know, going back, I thought I watched last weekend, um, and Diamande with LAFC, like, he, he wrecked their bracket, so – you know, I don't know that um, Sporting Kansas City in either leg this time really, you know, beat us handedly. They definitely had the upper hand, but there were points when we definitely could have come back. I don't think it was, like, automatically Sporting Kansas City's game. But watching LAFC last weekend, like, I mean, I think they're some real strong contenders in this entire tournament. Yeah, and I don't want to sound bitter or, you know, making excuses, but we put one of our DPs out there. This is for television, for charity, like, I think they found some kid from their homegrown program that plays FIFA a lot. Like, Beth, come on, come on. Yeah, he hasn't had an appearance <laughs> since 2008. Josh was going to file so. a formal grievance with the EMLS commissioner once we figure out who that is, that there's, there's some <laughs> eligibility <laughs> questions about Sporting Kansas City. Well, it's really, you know, need to see if that. Go ahead. Uh, Paul was in that game, you know, most of the way, you know, they're only down one going into extra time. I think Kazane scored right at the death to make it 2-0, but, you know, a 1-0 loss when, you know, the first game, you know, the Sporting KC player just blew out their opponents in the early legs. So, you know, got to give Paul a lot of credit for his performance there. I'll tell you, I got to give myself a little bit of credit too, though. It took me until that third game late in the second half for me to yell at the E ref for the first time, which is restrained for me watching soccer. <laughs> and on a personal note, I really dislike watching us play in those white jerseys. And I know we've talked about jerseys that nauseum on this show, but you know, DC United should always be playing in black and red. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I don't think you'll find much disagreement here. Moving into the the second fixture you know, of of that uh, two legged series. DC United down two nothing on aggregate, and um, there's not a whole lot to talk about in the second game. Uh, it, King CJ versus Alexander from Sporting Kansas City, and, and it was a uh, it was a three nil loss for the Black and Red, five nil on aggregate. Uh, they went down in a, in a blaze of glory. 
Yeah, you know, I think it was one of those situations um, when you're losing and you just don't really see when it you, that you can come back. And then you have, you know, especially in the first half, like Black said, you know, they scored in um, overtime. So you see that they, you know, maybe Paul let off with the gas a little bit and then they just got that sneaker in there. Um, and then the second half again, you know, it was a little bit hard and Sporting Kansas City got that third goal. And then from there, it just, it, you know, it would have been hard to come back and you kind of saw Sporting Kansas City run away with it. Again, I don't think that they were a team that was necessarily five goals better than us, uh, but that's just kind of the way it played out. Well, and what you get, you know, when you watch in cup soccer, you know, this is a single elimination tournament and you get knocked out if you lose. So obviously, yeah, CJ, he had to go after the game. And, you know, it's one of the things that we love watching in Open Cup and why MLS having its playoff system is so cool. It can lead to some bunker games, but it also leads to some wide open play when you've got teams that have to score. And unfortunately, the DC United folks weren't able to pull it out today, but. Yeah, sometimes that's the way it breaks. Yeah, and, and looking at Sporting Kansas yeah. City compared to their first game, it was 11 goals for, zero goals against tonight. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if that's it, – it's going to be fascinating next – next. Uh, actually, it's not next week. There's still two more uh, two more prelim rounds. But championship week on May 17th, they'll take on uh, LAFC, Sam. So we're going to get to find out uh, before the final if it's, if it's LAFC or, or Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, it will. I know Joshua has a comment to make about PC yeah. Sporting Kansas City before we move on to the rest of the tournament. No, it'll definitely be fun to, interest, to, to follow along and be interested. And in. I just wanted to, to note that today, MLSsoccer.com replayed the 2004 final between DC United and Sporting Kansas City. And if I had to pick which one I'd rather win, I'd take that four star over an ELS Cup victory. That's what soccer's for. Every way you can right now. <laughs> no actual soccer is being played, but we can still flex a little bit. I was kind of hoping for a little bit more of that between the players. You'd like to, you know, hear them, you know, liven it up a bit, and uh, uh, maybe that's just you know, the personalities of the guys that got out there. But we'd love to hear uh, a little more trash talk. Maybe you get a quick yeah, you know, back in the, uh, the fold here for uh, mind games as well. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know, but I think the players. You know, I think. Just from watching last week, I think, you know, everyone can hear each other. Again, Paul was kind of commenting that he wanted um, everyone muted except for his EMLS teammates who could hear that advice. Um, so I think there was a little bit of trash talk. And then last week, um, you know, for one of the legs, it sounded like they didn't mute that for the broadcast. You could kind of hear the players chatting back and forth and a little bit of that trash talk. Um, so I would love to for, yeah, them to play it back because, again, there are no – soccer games going on right now i definitely re-listen to that game with just the players kind of trash talking each other that would be interesting although again paul was super focused in and into it and i don't know that he was really trash talking you could see that he was definitely like clapping on his team and um encouraging them in the way that you might you know on the field but i don't know yeah it would be interesting to hear that um, so looking forward to kind of the rest of the tournament, um, we have three more weeks left of this EMLS action. Um, so next weekend we have uh, New New York City playing New Jersey. Um, we'll see how that goes. And then we have Dallas playing Houston. Um, so we have those kind of quote unquote in-state um, competitions. Next week. I don't know that 
Yeah, not really, you know, so the first one's a little bit questionable, um, but you'll have New York play New Jersey, Dallas play Houston, and then whoever wins from those two um, will go head to head. Um, and then we have another interesting series in two weeks. We have Toronto playing Vancouver, and then we have Atlanta playing Orlando. So again, you're, you have a little bit of those rivalries going on. Um, and again, whoever from Toronto, Vancouver, and Atlanta Orlando win will um, face off and then in three weeks as we've mentioned that'll be the um, the end it'll end in the semis and the finals um, so essentially we'll have Sporting Kansas City playing LAFC we'll see what happens on the other side of the bracket um, and then then we'll have an EMLS champion you know obviously with BC United being eliminated from the tournament it's you know disappointing not to see them uh, win the championship but I really really hope that the uh, New Jersey Red Bulls you know, find a way to pull this out. You know, they continue not to have any actual uh, championship trophies, so let's hope they don't change that in this regard either. Which one do we think is worth more, an MLS Cup or a Supporters Shield? <laughs> <laughs> I think New Jersey would try to brag each one, either one, um, but without any stars in their jersey. I, I don't know that they can talk anything. So. They'll have about as many fans in the stands for each one. <laughs> it, it's a bit disappointing that it's not uh, for for Atlanta. It's not Joseph uh, as the as the MLS player. It's Franco Escobar. Yeah, you know, who knows how they uh, went through the process of choosing their their folks? I mean, obviously, we talked a little bit about the uh, Sporting Kansas City selection for their player, but uh, you know, appreciate seeing Paul out there, and obviously appreciate him being back on the show and hearing how his rehab's going. You know, if you, you all saw the Instagram and saw you know how strong he's looking, uh, hopefully we see him back sooner rather than later. Yes, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll definitely be watching. <laughs> I don't know what else is happening. So, well, uh, I guess I guess we'll see how I do. Usually, when DC United are eliminated in the playoffs, I usually have to take a week or two off where I just don't even bother watching, and then I, I usually make it back in time for the for the final. So we'll we'll see how how uh, how disappointed I am in this loss. But chances are, with literally nothing else to watch, uh, we'll <laughs> I'll probably tune in next weekend. But one thing to tune into our show next week. Uh, hopefully we're going to have some news out of the Bundesliga about when they're going to return because they seem to be the closest uh, major soccer league in the world to, to come back to action, potentially as soon as May 10th, I think I heard. So that would certainly be uh, awesome. Yeah, I'd be interested to see, because, you know, we've talked a little bit about um, our players' agreement and um, how they need a full month to come back um, and, you know, get some training in before they play in any games. So, you know, May 10th is, is way less than a month away. So I don't know what kind of their players agreement is, or, you know, how much their how much time their players are asking that they um, get to train and get back into game day fitness. Um, that'll definitely be some research I'll have to do. And I don't know about y'all, but uh, I'm kind of a free agent when it comes to Bundesliga teams. So if any of our you know, followers want to you know, reach out, let us know what Bundesliga teams we should choose and uh, who we should combine. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. Feedback. That's what I was thinking. We should all pick. We should all pick a team. No one can pick, you know, the the Red Bulls, but we should all pick a team to root for. I know it's at least a little bit close of, of a race, at least for second, I think, in the Bundesliga. So it'd be fun to to root for something i guess we had nothing else to do did some hoffenheim <laughs> it is it is relatively tight at the top byron unfortunately somehow are back on top 
they're at 55, but Dortmund just behind them at 51, and then it's it's tight. Leipzig 50, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach 49, Leverkusen 47, and then it drops off to Schalke at 37. So there, there's five teams, you know, really in in contention at this point, which is rare for the Bundesliga. It's all it all feels like by Christmas it's usually wrapped. So. Well, yeah, everything... I saw something. Go ahead, Black. I uh, just think everything about this year is weird, so why not mix it up more than able to? Yeah, I saw something as I'm like frantically scrolling through Twitter trying to find it. I definitely will not be able to, but um, um, probably it was for the Bundesliga, um, <laughs> where you know fans were buying cutouts of themselves to put in the the stands, um, which you know we've joked about a little bit. Um, you know, whether or not we would do that, but it's interesting, you know, we, we were asking players, um, pretty consistently what their opinions were. Um, and, you know, across the board, they were saying that they would love to wait, um, until fans are in the stadium, just because that's such a big part of that game day atmosphere, you know, home and away, uh, they, they really bring the energy. Um, but we don't know if that's, you know, an option. We don't know if that's going to be realistic. So, you know, I don't know, maybe cutouts of the fans are the next best thing. That's Borussia Motion Gladback, and it's 19 euros to get yourself uh, a cardboard cutout uh, at Borussia Park. That is a lot less than I thought it would be. So, yeah, sign me up for that one. We can, we can actually maybe do that. <laughs> we'll do, do it, allow, yeah, in Germany. It'll be fun. Do they allow group photos or group <laughs> photos take remote? We're going we're gonna to look into this. <laughs> Yeah, check check your Twitter. We'll tweet about it. Oh, good times. I don't know, man. I'm just really excited to watch live esports, I guess. (laughs) Hopefully the real sports are are right around the corner. I watched nearly all seven rounds of the NFL draft this weekend because it was just – something normal in the sporting world again and, and tonight was a lot of fun as well uh, I, and I think we're still hoping to pull together our, our FIFA tournament it, Joshua what, what are the, do we know the numbers right now or, or sort of where, where we're at Is, do fans still have time to sign up yeah I think we're sitting around eight or nine of course we want to have a, a biggest bracket as possible so if, if you want to join hit us up on social media Twitter Instagram or you know drop in the comments of, of this YouTube video or the Twitch or yeah, or this uh, Twitter video, and uh, hopefully we'll have it up on Twitch. And then again, we've we've talked about maybe doing something with the DC United Twitch, uh, which would be a lot of fun. So yeah, let us know, and uh, hopefully we get it kicked off here in the next week. Yeah, and I think you have to have an Xbox. Um, that's the the format I guess we're playing, and you can tell that I'm very knowledgeable about this. Um, so I would encourage anyone who just has the game or maybe your you know significant other your roommate has the game even if you're not playing i think i've completed four games four fifa games in the past like year so easy win over here (laughs) i'm not great the point is um that you know we're really open to all we're talking about you know fifa being on fs1 right now um but that's definitely not the level um that we're going for we're just looking to you know, connect with people in these crazy times and, you know, connect over something that we love in the best way that we are able to. Um, but, yeah, I'll be an easy win. So I guarantee anyone can win against me. So if you're even a little bit nervous, you know, go ahead, throw your hat in the ring. Um, you know, we'll at least get a couple of good times out of it. And for what we saw tonight, it could be a good time. <laughs> well, I think that's a wrap for us this week. Uh, guys, I, I think – 
I, I can't wait to hear this show back because I was so excited and, and I think we all were. It's, it, it was great to get a nice, uh, a nice return to, to virtual action. And um, we hope all of our listeners out there are, are staying safe and, uh, and, and practicing social distancing so we can get back to doing this for real, for real. Uh, hopefully not too long down the road. Yep. Absolutely excited to get back. And, you know, if you all have anything um, you want us to talk about, if you have any thoughts about our show, um, any advice for future shows, uh, definitely give us a shout um, on social media. You can find us at tried and true DCU. Um, That's at tried and true DCU. You can use that hashtag on Twitter. Um, And then you can, you know, drop us a note on YouTube. You can send us an email, tridandtruedcu at gmail.com. You know, whatever. We're all just kind of sitting around. You know, every time we hop on one of these, John's like, how's it going? And I'm like, literally same. I don't know. Nothing's happening. So we'd love to talk with you all and see how everyone's doing and, you know, interact and just make it through the best we can. I think we've finally sorted all the the communications to do a show virtually, so we'll we'll bring back the call in line next week and uh, hopefully give you another way to join the show. Uh, but for this week, thanks for joining us. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the the EMLS tournament. That's back next week, and and we'll let you know when our next show is. And hopefully we'll have a, a cool special guest to to chat with us for a little bit right here on Tried and True, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken. <laughs> The bad news is that everyone is a potential victim. But the good news is that everyone is a potential solution. Sensitize the masses to sanitize. Keep a social distance and quarantine. Stop! The coronavirus is sweeping over mankind. Everybody must be alert. It's a global pandemic we can never take for granted. Wash your hands, keep a distance from everyone. Report anything like a simple tomb. Serious fever is a simple tomb. Dry cough is a simple tomb. Okay, Tamala is a simple tomb. Itchy eyes and flu is a simple tomb.